Welcome to Take Your Time, a Persona 5 podcast where we play Persona 5 Royal in real time along with its calendar dates. I'm Tom Marks, joined as always by Jonathan Dornbush. Jonathan, how are you? Time. I'm doing great, Tom. Time. Time, Tom. Uh, because this week we're going to be talking about the palace. Yay! The first palace. I'm very excited. Dude, I am too. Uh, yeah, so for anybody who's just catching up, we did put off palace talk until this week because the deadline is hitting this week and we figured give everyone as much time as they want to play it at their own pace and then we'll all talk about it and luckily jonathan actually did play it this week so we're gonna go along with uh his timing of that imagine if i hadn't and i was just like yeah i I didn't play the game ended and uh you know here we are i've decided to call it quits (laughs) The end. Yeah, you you just, like, politely exit the podcast, and we, like, <laughs> tag someone have, else in. Have fun on your own. I'm going to see you later. Yeah. Uh, no, but before we get into that, we do have a uh, pop quiz that we wanted to finish up from last week. Last week, I asked, uh, where is Ryuji's secret training spot? Uh, Jonathan, did you did you have a guess for this one, or did you figure it out? Um, I didn't figure it out because I purposely want to, you know, leave it for the the viewers and listeners. Um, I I want to say it's somewhere that's not that secret, and so it's just like a side area at school. I yeah, think. is that basically okay? Uh, his secret training spot is the grass in that kind of courtyard area in between the two buildings just right next to the door to the classroom, like the classroom building. It's just like, like, he's like, this is my secret training spot. And then it's like, literally you like, it's Ryuji. It's, <laughs> it's, it's right there. Like that. Like what? I mean, it that's, just... that's Ryuji for a, you know, he, he's, he's perhaps not the most, uh, sensical one when it comes to <laughs> his choice in words, but he means well most of the time. But the funniest part too. So that is, uh, that information Uh, is revealed revealed in um his first kind of actual confidant moment where you go from one to two with him which i did this week yeah when you go from two to three uh another person you're in the same spot and another person comes up to you and is like oh yeah this is your secret spot right and it's like what like why is this a secret people (laughs) anyway let's get into it this week we are going through april 26th to may 2nd as the calendar dates of the game uh, and jumping right in, um, wait, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, you're, we, I, we I, technically have the evening before that we could talk about, like, because we've been saying we're we're saving the night before the the weekends in case it like leads us into a cutscene oh, the next day. Oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, I just I just went to the sauna, so it's cool. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Nothing nothing important to talk. You about. You know what happened is I got totally screwed up because I copy pasted our notes from last week and then I didn't delete a thing. Oh and then I looked yeah. at the notes and I was like, wait a minute. I did that see was it last week, but I thought I'll leap this for fun chaos. <laughs> yeah, there we go. It worked. Uh, so jumping in, let's do April twenty sixth first. Uh, I hung out with Takemi again. Because I like getting, I had the guts to do it, doing a clinical trial, and uh, I like getting that storyline along. Um, But kind of her storyline starts a little slower. You just sort of find out more about her backstory and why she's like, quote unquote, disgraced and and a pariah. Um, And that was what I did during the day. How how have you, before I get into my stuff, how have you gotten your guts up so far? Because that is definitely one for me that is lacking. Yeah, um... I believe it was just books and movies is the okay. way I did it. Because cool. I did the X Folders movie, which I talked right. about last week, and then I read the library book 
that was the guts one for that, and that was basically enough. Okay. Um, I think that's all I did actually. I think that there wasn't much other. Uh, th- th- a couple of the early ones, some of them take a long time to get, and a couple of them are just like they're just they just give them to you quick if you do stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah. Because I am, um, I, I definitely that is one of the ones I am lacking. But there's not a lot of stuff that you can go do necessarily at this point that'll really help mm-hmm. with your guts. And I kind of didn't want to just waste three or four days trying to eat the Big Bang Burger when I know that I can't do that. Yeah. Um, but cool. That is that is good to know. I, on the other hand, did go to the palace finally. Hooray! Uh, well, this is your second time, right? Yes. Yeah. So technically, I d- I did play through up to uh, the second floor uh, last week and left just because of. Yeah, just seeing how it would go, because I haven't really done a, a palace out of free will on multiple days. <laughs> um, so I, I just wanted to see how it would go. So yeah, I, I got up to the point where I could finish the, the palace and then need to send the calling card the next day. So we, we right. can go into full palace talk now. Yeah, so th- first of all, let's talk about something that is introduced early in the palace that we didn't really talk about before, which is... Uh, when you first go in, you learn about, uh, the Velvet Room shows up, right? Now that you have actual, like, free control in the palace to come and go as you please and go where you want, and it's not just sort of, like, the much more linear, uh, story-driven moments of the palace, you, the Velvet Room shows up there at the entrance, right? And you get access to, I think right away, you get access to Persona Fusions, which is, again, a huge part of this game, and probably, if I may, uh, <laughs> one of my least favorite aspects of the management, I mm-hmm. guess it would be, because it feels like you have to go in and out of the Velvet Room to fuse Personas when you're, like, capped out on your list, like, so much if you're if you're trying to, like, get a lot of different variety of things. Yeah, so I, for probably worse, I was going to say for better or worse, it's probably just worse. Um, I really didn't do much Persona-ing in the, when I first played Persona okay. 5. Like, I, I would collect them to get one or two that I would need for confidant uh, purposes. Right. Uh, and then other than that, I didn't really care about collecting them and kind of relied on my party to sort of fill out my roster of things. Totally. Um, but I, I do want to engage with the system a little bit more there because I do know it's there for sure. But you're, you're absolutely right in terms of at least my first playthrough. I only ever went in there because I was like, oh, I'm maxed out on Persona. Let me just refill, you know, like cause two of them to go through this brutal uh, fusion process to yeah, then you, get like- a free space. I've never really understood why that is the fusion is like you put two personas in guillotines and cut off their heads and they turn into another thing, but I won't question it because whatever. Uh, and to be clear, I really do love the persona fusion system. Like I, I, I think it is a very fun and complex in a really interesting way sort of thing where you can get a lot out of it if you put a lot into it yeah. and you can make these very sort of, um, powerful things that you otherwise wouldn't in in again i'm going to keep comparing it to pokemon but like the same way that like if you think about the breeding combinations that you do to get new eggs in pokemon you can like really have some cool things um you're just in there a lot and it like that's a thing that i think will escalate more as the game goes on is that you you'll fill up and you'll be like well i want to register these so that i don't lose them and i also want to fuse so that i have more space but then like, so basically every time you hit a safe room, you're like, okay, I should probably go back to the velvet room and like check in on that. And it's like, can be a little bit of a drag, but I think that the system 
the system that causes that sort of friction is actually a really great one. I really, really do love the persona management. It, in this it, game. It's more, as you said, like the, the act of having to do it is the, the less enjoyable part rather than the, the, uh, the spirit of it and what it allows you to focus on as you play the game. Yeah. For me, I think that's why I didn't engage with it too much was because I often was like, well, I don't want to keep going back and going through the the quick little load of of the chains appearing and then you jumping in and then jumping back out and I kind of just stopped doing it too much when I first played but I I agree with you it's one of those things that I kind of wish you could just from the persona menu maybe while you're in a palace be like right. hey hey Igor uh would you mind if you just uh you know chop these two together and make me a cool new persona thank you and then just yeah. keep moving on I guess that is the 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 solution right if you could just do it from save rooms in the menu yeah it would not be nearly as annoying. Totally. It, it, it is the act of having to go all the way back there. Oh my goodness, there is, there's a biker race happening outside my house, I think, right now. We, uh, anyway. We we had one of those last night, so I, I guess they're just making their way down to you. I, I get it, you know? Uh, before we jump into the actual, like, more of the palace, too, can we talk about, this was a note you wrote down, and I do want to talk about it. The process of getting a persona is, like, the most weird, hilarious thing in almost in this entire game, I think. Yep, it's it's another one of those things like, uh, you know when they explain to you the the plant and how many days it takes? Like, that's a thing they do, you can find out. I don't remember it. In sort of the same way with uh, the Persona system where you you have to knock out an enemy using a, a an attack that would make them weak. Uh, you have to get the entire group of enemies weak if there are multiple. And then when you have the options for like an all-out attack or to get money from them or an item, you can also talk to them to try to lend them your power. And when you have to talk to them, you have to figure out the correct phrases to say to them based on the conversation you're having and their personality types. Mm -hmm. But it's often just the most vague stuff. Like occasionally it's very, very obvious, but sometimes it's like, like one of them will want you to be like mean to them and they're like oh are you gonna hurt me now and the options are like i could perhaps and like why would i do that and it's like which one of those is correct (laughs) what and that's that's not a real example like those are not but it's like to that level sometimes where i'm looking at these and i'm just like how am i supposed to know without a guide what you want me to say to you and they made this easier in Persona 5 Royal, yes, too. That is because funny. in Royal, they have Morgana pop up and be like, oh, you should, like, th- go easy on this one. Or, like, kind of give you a little vocal hint of, like, how you're supposed to be behaving with them. And there are, like, the, the, the structure is there are four personality types, right? It's, like, gloomy, upbeat, and I can't remember the other two anyway irritable and something else yeah 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 and then each of those requires a specific type of answer so like upbeat like jokey answers i think gloomy i believe is like like vague is like how it's structured um and so there's ways to there are ways to figure out the correct answer without looking it up and i still haven't looked it up but like it just sometimes feels like you said, incomprehensible, and I love it. Like, yeah. I, I no, just it's... think it's the weirdest, most wonderful way to, to 
to grow your persona roster they could have done i think one of the 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 vague one like when your answers need to be vague i think that's the one that gets me because it's like a vague you want me to give a vague answer but all of them are vague to a certain extent like as someone <laughs> yeah. who, who grew up like focusing so much on right especially as like a writer and someone who loved english class and dissecting like and granted of course this is a translated game and some things can be you know both accentuated and lost in translation sometimes but sure. it's one of those things where i'm just like so overanalyzing these sections and i'm with you like i i have fully admitted i will look up guides for some of the confidant stuff because i don't want to waste opportunities and things like that i never look up a guide for the right answer for this because i want to be right like i want to mm. prove to the game it's not better than me in these points <laughs> and, like i have a real contentious relationship but like like you i enjoy how just ridiculous it is that this is like in the midst of all these chaotic battles i'm gonna hang out and talk to this person about how i wouldn't tell their friends secrets behind their back or make them feel bad in public like whatever conversation i'm having with this ghost horse i'm going yeah. like i'm really trying to think about the human emotion of that ghost horse it's it's wonderful in just the strangest way and I, I like, too, when they have personalities that are just very strange. Like, one will just, like, it's like this demon monster that will act like it's a child. And it'll be like, my mom doesn't let me do this thing. And you're like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I think it's I think it's very persona, too, that conversation and dialogue choice has been weaved into battle that Absolutely. way. is like, yeah. very persona in a very thematic and cool way. Um they're very weird they can be frustrating at times but like man that system is so it's so much part of what i think of as why persona stands out as a very different type of jrpg to me like it yeah it has it you know all uh, lots of other systems and the calendar is very important all that stuff but like just the simple fact that that's there's dialogue options in the middle of combat is like very very unique to this series in a way that i i love and and not to belabor the point too much but just of like in terms of its comparisons because obviously it's easy to go to the pokemon comparison but in terms of like any creature catching thing there's often you do the same thing where you weaken the enemy to a certain point and then there is a bit of chance whether or not you're going to end up getting it here at the end of the day there's a chance but it's also a definitive answer to help you get there like as long as you're at the correct level to be able to do this you can get the persona you just need to know what they want to hear and it's really as you said it's like a really fascinating thematically uh really well tied in uh approach even if sometimes i have no idea what the hell the monster on the toilet wants me to tell it about the bad day it's having as persona in a nutshell, I think. Yeah. Uh, this also ties into something we talked about uh, a week or two ago, which is I really love the the pace of combat because now we're you know fully in the palace, we're fully in the in the combat systems, and I really do love the pace of like there's four enemies here, two of them I know are weak to this, two of them are weak to this. I don't, I haven't captured one of them, but I have captured the other one. So how do I time my attacks so that I kill as many as I can? So that I get more experience and money for the kills and then leave one just weakened and almost dead so that I can then talk to it. Because if you just weaken them all and leave them all standing, then you can still talk to one of them, but you don't get the experience or the money because you haven't actually killed any of them, right? So there's this really interesting game where even easy fights become sort of like 
have a little bit of a puzzle to them where you're like, okay, I can just wipe these dudes out really quick, but if I kill three of them and then leave one standing just weakened, then I can ask them for money or I can ask them for an item. And, like, that's a really cool pace, too, of, like, it keeps even really simple fights a little more engaging, a little more interesting because you're not just gonna blow through them without thinking about it as much. Yeah, I think, uh, as you said, puzzle is the the right word for it. And I, I, I think also one of the main reasons why this battle system for me is is so great and so is so much one of my favorite JRPG turn-based battle systems um, is because, it, you know, it does conform a little bit to, again, with the Pokemon sort of thing of, like, types and, and using a lightning attack to weaken certain enemies or a wind attack to weaken, but you don't know that going in unless you've mm-hmm. captured that persona already. So there's one, a little bit of guesswork and then two, figuring out how to optimize, as you were saying, the, the kills in the order that you want to, to be able to either maximize money that you want out of it or items or to get another persona or just to kill everything with an all out attack. Um, there's all that thought process that goes into it. And then based on how you then, and, and this will be something we get into in the future, but it, like you can kind of already get to it here uh, with Ryuji, I think, the, in terms of you'll have confidants that will then, who are her part of your battle system, they then will have better attacks and better abilities and things in battle because of your confidant level. So it's like mm-hmm. if you up Ryuji's confidant level only one or two, I think he'll have a chance to do a follow-up attack. Um, right. And then, of course, you have the baton pass system. Like, there's there's so many elements to it that if you want, like, there is the option to just press, you know, rush and let the whole battle just play out. And, you know, if, you, if you're just grinding and just want to get through it. But you can really, really layer attack after attack to do just incredible combos. And there's such a depth and a, a, a level to it that really keeps you engaged, even if you're fighting an enemy for the 15th time. Yeah, there's those moments where you're like, okay, so one of these enemies is weak to lightning and another is weak to fire and wind, right? So I should use Morgana for the wind so that I can baton pass to Ryuji for the lightning so that I can then baton pass again to on for the fire on a different person. And that's, yeah, it's just a really fun, like, it's very fun sort of puzzle or like building blocks to stack in, in the optimal ways. Uh, especially cause since I'm playing on hard, like it's, it's, it hasn't been crazy hard, especially with the extra items that you get from the deluxe edition or whatever and the previous save data. But it, it feels like you do need to think about that stuff a little bit more at that difficulty, which is cool. Um, because you can just press rush and it will generally be okay. As long as you have like healing to like, catch yourself up a little bit if you don't kill them in one rush but and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i i never use the rush other than in in the past in mementos maybe was the the mm. only time i ever really did it uh which we'll get to eventually but yeah it um i, I the the battle system is something that i think we'll probably touch on so much as we go on because it, it does add those layers to it it does as you get new party members um change uh there are some particular battles that make you really think about that stuff uh you know right now you're just having ryuji on morgana and you and the the amount of attacks you can do is, is limited to a certain extent at this point but there's still a lot of variety in there and as you were saying um you, you also, something that we didn't even touch on that, that is a change in Royal as well as the gun mechanic that you have. Um, yeah, the new guns are great. This time around, they refill. It's a little weaker than they were in five, but they now refill 
uh, ammo battle to battle rather than just every time you're in a dungeon. Um, which now you can actually use them. Yep. Oh, during during Persona <laughs> Five, I after the first dungeon when I realized that was a thing, I I saved them from vo- boss battles and yeah. then just never used them. But yeah, now now they are a foundational part of what I do because there are enemies that are weak. Some of the like ons can hit multiple enemies as you're firing. It's there. It adds yet another layer that makes that feel meaningful. And I'm I'm so glad they fixed that because otherwise it's just a waste. And it, yeah. it's nice to have it actually matter now. Yeah, the new Royal Gun mechanics of refilling every time makes them... It's it's one of the biggest differences that they had between these games. Because, yeah, I, I think a lot of people who played the original Persona 5 basically just wouldn't use their gun. Because you didn't know when you wanted to use it. And it's that classic JRPG thing of, like, having 12 potions in your inventory and being like, well, maybe I need these later, you yep. know? And, like, I, I totally did that, too. So, yeah. Um... I'm glad we talked about the combat. I'm glad we talked about Persona stuff because we hadn't really dug into that yet because we hadn't really had talked about, you know, opportunities of being in the palace with full sort of control over combat. But let's talk about Kamashita's palace in yeah. general too. I guess starting off, because there are a lot of palaces in this game, I won't say exactly how many as to spoil or whatever, but like... 72. 72 there are 72 palaces. So for the first of 72 palaces, mm-hmm. uh, how, how do you like this palace generally? Um, I think it's, and I, I don't want to say too much that will spoil things as they go forward. Sure. I think it's a really good introductory palace. I think it, it does what it needs to to give you a sense of what you'll be doing going forward. I don't think the the puzzles are the most engaging necessarily. Um, but Yeah, they're JRPG button puzzles. Yeah, but I do. I, I have, real quick, ahead, if I yeah. may interrupt you. Never. This is a this is going to be a running trend of palace discussions for me, so I'm warning everyone right now. Uh, I think JRPG button puzzles get away with a lot. They're just sort of like very simple and not very fun, and everyone's okay with that in any JRPG ever. And like, I don't know. That's that's all. The that's button fair. puzzles in this in this palace are so just not to, hard. <laughs> this is the strangest comparison, but it's just what I was playing recently. Um, I really enjoy when uh, I'm a huge puzzle person in general, and so I love when games find ways to make those mini game puzzles somewhat like brain teasery and meaningful, and not just uh, very obviously pressing the right buttons in the right order, but something like. Um, Ratchet and Clank actually has a really fun puzzle where you essentially have to like line up laser beams uh, in the correct order to be hitting the correct points, but sometimes they mm. can block each other and they're on different layers and you have to just think through all of that. And like that, that is a type of minigame puzzle that when it gets thrown in, I'm like, yes, give me more of these. As dumb as it is in Spider-Man, I loved going back to play all those, uh, you know, bio puzzles in the lab mm-hmm. with Doc Ock because I'm broken that way. But when it's a, it is a puzzle <laughs> like this, I very much agree with you. I am like, it, it feels, um, it feels like it's there because they needed a puzzle unless so that they had a really great idea for a puzzle. It, it is very much the tropey puzzle and not the the idea of what these puzzles could be. And I, I do think it's something that like with, you know, whatever comes next for Persona, uh, I would love to see um, some more advanced puzzles. But yeah, in, in terms of being an, an introductory palace, I think it, it gets the job done there. It gives you a sense that there will be these puzzles that break things up. It's not just battle to battle. Um, yeah. It gives you a sense of there can occasionally be uh, 
tougher enemies that you may want to interact with or may want to avoid. There will be treasures off on the side that you can maybe go find, but are optional. Um, there will be some side paths. Uh, generally, I think it's pretty well set up. I think it plays well into the Kamoshida theme uh, of the, the you know, castle sort of mentality that he has of everything. But yeah, it is, I, I definitely don't think it's like my favorite palace by far in the game, but it is, I think, for what it needs to do, it, do, it does well there. What about you? Yeah. No, I, I like it too. Like you said, I think it's, um, it is a very, very good first palace, right? And and again, that's not trying to sell it short. It's just saying that like, it it does a really good job of giving you a little bit of freedom, of giving you a taste of kind of everything you're going to see, um, of tutorializing kind of the pace of palaces without making it feel necessarily like a tutorial. Totally. Um, because, you know, they had three days of palace stuff that was actual tutorial before <laughs> this. So there was, yeah, I, I really like that because it does set the groundwork too for like, uh, the structure kind of going forward through every palace of, and I, I mentioned this last week too, the palaces are basically an endurance test, right? They are the, the safe rooms where you can save are essentially checkpoints, right? They are, how deep can you get? Can you, can you push yourself to the next safe room? Or do you think that's dangerous? Cause if you can't, you lose everything to the back last time you saved. Right. And like, that's a really fun risk reward sort of thing, especially when you're not really sure when those next safe rooms are coming up. Like obviously now for me, having played the game twice already, I basically remember exactly where all the safe rooms are around each corner. So I can kind of more safely push myself. But when you're first playing the game, you like, you don't know when those are coming. And it's so exciting when you're like, really, really like, oh man, am I gonna get to this next? Like, I don't know if I can keep going. And then you get through one more hard fight and there's a safe room and it's just like this relief that washes over you. You're down to like single digit SP. Uh Your health's not doing great. It's like, I... I just need a little bit of a reprieve and then it'll come sometimes and sometimes it doesn't. And you're like, Oh, I have like six more battles. Probably don't I, I need to maybe reconsider and backtrack a little bit, but yeah, it's, um, I, I think this, this first dungeon does a really great job of, as you were saying, teaching you all those things without one being the most complex dungeon that we're going to get to. Um, but also without being totally boring in and of itself because it's teaching you all these things. Yeah, and it's also thematically rich, right? Yes, like it yeah. is it it does a really good job of mixing kind of story beats and story sort of moments or like learning a little bit more about Kamashita's character and like not that you want to because he's awful but like you know no maybe there's layers to this man don't you don't you think maybe there's something to be said for this piece of no he's awful and the dungeon really really uh continues to prove that out uh yeah he drives that home yep yeah Yeah. (laughs) there's Um, no no doubt you don't need to worry about what the fan of thieves are doing this man sucks (laughs) yeah uh and and so yeah like I think it does a good job of that too, where the the thematic stuff of like that moment where you you go into that big temple room, right? And it's like a temple, like a church basically with a giant statue of him. And then you find out it's the gym, right? Like, I think those moments are really do a lot, serve a lot to like, uh, like tie in that this is a pers- like a real location to some extent. Um, obviously... Yeah. 
you know, when you're climbing towers, you're not actually, like, the school doesn't actually have that tower that you're climbing, right? But but it doesn't really concern itself with that. I, I think those few moments, those linchpin moments where it's like, yeah, this is the gym right now. Like, this is a physical space is really, like, they're really cool moments and they really do add a lot to kind of make to, to bridge the metaverse and the real world. A little yeah. Bit they're, they're there to be emotionally resonant. And at the end of the day, as you said, I think they do a really great job of that because it is, um, the geography of it aside where it will play fast and loose. Obviously you're, you're in a, you know, giant castle where your school is supposed to be. It's okay if things aren't one-to-one, but yeah, when it, when it drives those things home, it is further, uh, exemplifying as we were saying, like here is, the the layers and the level and the like the depths of depravity to which this man's mind has gotten and and the way he views himself and his bad deeds like it really drives those home in i think really great ways uh and the probably the grossest of which is the library section that actually comes right before that um uh kind of church gym area which is one of the, the you know like more I don't want to say complex, but, like, one of the more, like, it's a little bit more than just, like, holding L2 and, like, looking where the footprints go sort of puzzles, where you find these books hidden around uh, an area, and then there's gaps in a bookshelf very classically, and you have to, like, put the right book depending on the themes, and it's really gross stuff, right? Like, the students are all, like, really, like, mean, like, beat em up like, slave books, yeah. and, like, he, his book is all in, like, the section about, like, the king and the greatness and all that stuff. And the the, um, the female students he's harassing are in the queen section. Um, right. Yeah, it's, it, it, again, it drives home that stuff as if the man in the cape uh, and a, a pink Speedo uh, having uh, teenage girls fawning over him in, in this mind palace wasn't enough to really drive it home. <laughs> Yeah, uh, here's just another reminder. But I, I do think it it really works, especially, and again, without spoiling anything, I think it's really, really important that what the Phantom Thieves are going through right now is so personally related to their lives. Um, right. Like, at the end of the day, I think it's not crazy to say JRPGs will get bigger than where they start off, but to <laughs> make it um, so emotionally important to these characters and foundational to who they are, um, I, I, I think it, it's really important for also these characters who probably either otherwise wouldn't be together uh especially mm-hmm. like on hanging out with ryuji and like they're sort of they they don't really like each other before this like they've they've known each other for a while but they're not exactly friends um and things like that i think it does a good job of build the building blocks of why it makes sense that they'd be together and see eye to eye yeah especially when they're finding books with their names on them yeah. right yep yeah. um super messed up yeah, no, totally. The the, the only other thing, um, I, I don't know if there's anything on like sort of the base palace level uh, before we move on to other stuff. I, I guess just for me, it's the, it's the royal editions that stick out. Um, yeah. But um, I don't know if there's anything else on the base palace side that you wanted to touch on before we... No, let, let's talk about the royal editions because I think there, that like this is some interesting stuff, right, that... I think that especially the will seeds and I'll let you get into this if you, cause it seemed like you were going somewhere and I didn't want to cut you off, but like they, they have a pretty big impact right on like how this, how you go through the palace. Totally. It's um, I mean, it's something for me that I really like because I, I am someone who is a like completionist. And when I can see the, this map that has a few grayed out rooms or knowing that there's maybe a doorway I haven't been able to get to yet. Um, the will seeds add this extra layer of exploration and there are three will seeds as far as I know, at least, uh, there will be three will seeds per dungeon or per palace, excuse me. 
and um, they're often kind of out of the the way. They're they're off to the side and, and things that you either might need to solve a puzzle to get to or defeat uh, you know harder enemies. At least that's sort of the case here. Uh, and then collecting all three allows them to fuse into a, a mega uh, skull will seed. Um, mm-hmm. And I I like this inclusion a lot as someone who is really big on the. Um, the, as I said, the completion aside, the exploration side, like I, I do think one, they give you an excuse also to use the, uh, the grappling hook a little bit more in certain cases mm-hmm. as well, but it, it is just a nice sort of thing of, um, if you're an, a returning player, there are now sections of the, the palaces that you just haven't been to and can have more meaning to. And that's awesome. And if you're a new player, they just make being in these palaces more meaningful um, cause it is definitely easy occasionally to get lost in these, these palaces or feel like you're kind of not making progress and you're just going through battle after battle. But the will seeds give you this sub objective that is meaningful, is important. And I do think is substantive in a way that I, I am so happy they're in here versus, you know, without them for me at least. Yeah. And especially because every time you pick up a will seed, everyone in your party gets like 10% of their SP recovered, yes. I believe it is. Yeah. So you get... Over the course of a dungeon, thirty percent of your max HP will will recover if you find all these things, and they're they're hidden enough that it's like you got to look for them, which I appreciate. But they're also not so hidden that like you you'll need a walk through every time to find them, right? Like I think if as long as you're like you said, looking at the map, kind of checking on the corners that you need to check, you'll also get a little notification from Morgana when when you're like approaching a will seed. Morgana will be like, "Oh, I think there's a will seed nearby," and that gives you a nice little clue to just sort of like look around a little bit. Um, yeah, I think they're a really good collectible. That SP really really makes it easier to get through palaces in one go. Um, if that's what you're trying to do, right? Because you can be a little more aggressive knowing like, okay, once I get a will seed, like I'll pop up a little bit more. 30 SP over the course of the whole thing is not, or 30% SP is not small, right? It's a, like that's a yeah. decent amount. And, and it's one of those things where I do, I, I totally agree with you in terms of, I'm playing on normal right now. And I do think there is to a certain extent, a lot of these additions, while I think they are mechanically more interesting and better, I could conceivably see them down the line making things easier uh, to mm-hmm. quite an extent like that. And then also the um, the basically explosive personas that you can encounter in fights right. as well. Um, they're really cool and it's fun. It, again, it's another layer of puzzle to the battle where uh, for those who haven't played or, or are encountering them just now, like you can essentially use these uh, shiny persona <laughs> to uh, deal damage to the rest of the enemies that you're fighting. Uh, if you take them out in the correct order, like like you focus on them first and properly uh, and take them out. Otherwise, there there's a risk reward there too, uh, where if you let them stay too long and it's more damage towards you, I believe. Or like, aren't they a little more powerful? Or am I? I'm not gonna lie. I've never actually let one live long enough That's to fair. know if they. But what I do know is that if you attack them without weak, like downing them or killing them, then they will immediately counterattack for a ton of damage. That and might so be you what always, I'm thinking of. Yeah. yeah, so you always need to time that out. And then the amount of damage you deal when on the attack that kills them is what determines how much explosion damage they do. So there's this game of it of like, 
if you can, you know, use some other people to weaken the other guys and then baton pass to someone who's weak, then the explosion use a, uh, who has a weak ability for them, then the explosion that they deal with be deal even more. But the good thing also about them is that they always drop an item, right? So they are... They're just sort of this fun little thing. Like, it feels to me almost like a mini-game, like, chance time sort of thing, where when totally. you, they pop up, it's, like, less of a normal fight and more of just, like, ooh, free item and a big flashy explosion. <laughs> cool. Yeah, no, and you were correct, forgive me. For for some reason, I was conflating the, the they attack immediately with their more powerful sort of thing, but you, you were correct on that. And it's, um, yeah, it, it, it adds just this other layer of, as you were saying, using all these tools that you have at your disposal to then really just lay a massive attack on them that then will give you so many benefits when you attack everyone it's it's such a cool little addition yeah yeah i really like those i think that royal you know this is the thing about royal because we had some questions about like well do you have to play royal and like no the game is still great without royal but all these little things right like will seeds or the exploding enemies or the motorcycle outside my house or uh the the gun mechanics right like the thing that royal really impressed me with more than anything else is like just how many like nice smaller quality of life additions they added that don't necessarily revolutionize the game but just make it better and less like less friction while you're playing it um and the other thing that we didn't talk about too is yeah the will seeds when you get all three it's always worth trying to find all three because what you do is you get this unique item that will um it'll come into play a little bit more pretty soon later but and right now, what Kamoshida's Will Seed item does is you can equip it. It's a charm, right? Or it's an accessory. Um, and if you equip it on a character, they get... Uh, they get Diorama, right? Which is, like, the medium level of heal. Um, and at this early stage, that's essentially giving any character in the game a button that just full heals the party for a moderate amount of sp or full heals a character for a moderate amount of sp which is super super good to use because you can put it on morgana and suddenly morgana's heal is way better way earlier than it should be or you could put it on ryuji and suddenly potentially all four party members of your party have a heal available to them right so it's it's really versatile and it's very very strong early on the items that you get and again i won't spoil anything but the items that you get from these will seeds are generally very very good yeah it's uh, i was double checking you are correct on it being a diorama which is fair fun to say when it's not a diorama that you're making uh but yeah it's totally one of those helpful things that uh i i'm excited to see what the potential for them is because as you were saying like i can imagine down the line they'll only be more possibly essential but maybe just also really handy depending on sort of what your party makeup is they're just very unique yeah is i think what's, okay. what's very impressive about them like there's no other way to get diorama this early in the game or even for a little while right like and there's definitely not a way to do it off of a charm like that so for the sure seeds are really cool that way yeah and it's just a it's just like Another one of those things where it's like just like a couple like a few more tools for your toolbox, right? If you want to use it or not, it's totally up to you, but like it's you it's a useful reward and I always appreciate that when there's not just like oh, here's some more healing items or like yeah. oh, here's uh here's, you know, an SP recovery item and it's like great, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Um the other than getting to the end of the palace, I think the only other thing that like really stuck out for me on sort of a like 
a puzzle note I don't love is when you have to find the uh, the keys essentially to get it, it's like very late in the the palace. Uh, you have to go find the right enemy with the correct key. Oh um, yeah, it makes you backtrack a lot. Yeah, yeah. That that's the only part where I was kind of like, okay, this feels a little unnecessary. Like we kind of probably just could have gone through the door. But um, yeah. especially once you get to the end of the palace, like the the way it sets up the stakes, the way you sort of get into Kamoshida's final domain palace uh throne room uh and then you know find the treasure uh sets everything up i think in a really really great way uh and then when you when you go home of course you you do not immediately have to go to sleep and it's nice to be able to maybe do make some lock picks or something in your room before you before the day ends. yeah but yeah is there is there anything else from the palace that like really stuck out to you that you feel like we've missed i'm, tr- I'm trying to think of anything stood out to me there is that monster we talked about last time which is the slime penis monster which in this game is uh guarding a will seed but in the base game is a like mini boss that you have to fight and the entire i believe the entire room that that mini boss is in is just like gone in royal they completely swapped that character to that spot yeah there's Um, a there's there's some phallic personas we're gonna get to for sure oh yeah yeah, that's that's not the worst one no no somehow somehow that's not the worst one i mean there's also the the like uh the the demon man who's hanging out who clearly is just like he's he's holding a, a his his thing oh yes yeah In- incubus i think that yeah is. it's just mm-hmm. it it pretty quickly hits you and it's like it is funny to be like without spoiling it that's not the worst that's not you know yeah they they but earn their m rating <laughs> thematically on yes point for exactly Kamashita's palette. <laughs> no i'm not gonna say it's it it very much is in theme nonetheless i don't need to look at slime penises all the time is all i'm saying that's um, that's fair but you know d- you do you I, i'm gonna if you if you like it i i respect you still we can uh, move on we can uh, you help me get out of here tom help please help. uh there's nothing else i really want to bring up about the palace beyond that um obviously we breeze through it kind of structurally let us know if you guys would like us to like walk through the palace more structurally kind of like what you do each time we didn't really think that that was like overly necessary rather than just to sort of discussing it in bits and pieces that stand out otherwise you're going to go through a lot of like then we went over the chandeliers and then we unlocked another path back to the entrance and like it's just gonna be a little bit but let us know in the comments because or or on social media or wherever because we'd love to hear from you guys about our first palace discussion yeah Uh, and we've got more to talk about so first of all like you said you go home uh there is an evening time I just cleaned LeBlanc because I wanted to get points with Ryuji and also get kindness up, and cleaning LeBlanc mm. does do, both of those or things. Or Sojuro, you mean. You said get points yes, with Ryuji. Yes, Sojuro, excuse me. I said, That'd be said crazy if, if that gave you points for He's like, hey, I heard you were cleaning, man. That's really awesome. I appreciate a cleanly lifestyle. Good job. He, he would. He's he that would. good of a boy. Yeah, he would. Anyway, yeah, so I cleaned LeBlanc. Cool. I uh, I made lockpicks, but yeah. And then uh, there you go. This is this is more of a normal week for you as well. Um, yeah. Well, that's but, the funny yeah. thing is like since I did the palace the previous week, I, this whole week took me like two hours total, right? Because it was like I was just doing free time. Yeah. Um, so uh, what about April twenty seventh? The twenty seventh. So uh, like the masochist I am, I didn't immediately send the calling card because I just I wanted to really you know hold it over Kamashita, even though he has no idea that like oh I can I can change this at any moment, sir. So you know what I did? I went to go work at the convenience store. 
<laughs> uh, because it was a day that ends in a seven, which when you work at uh, the convenience store, you have an opportunity to make more money on days that end in a seven. So I was like, yeah, I might as well do this. Um, so I went and did that. And then, uh, I studied by accident. Uh, I was not, I will fully admit I was not paying fully attention when I accidentally clicked through a couple things at, uh, LeBlanc and, uh, just accidentally studied for the evening. But you know what? <laughs> I got some knowledge. So what's the word? You know? Yeah. Midterms are coming up. It's better than in real life when I'm just on Twitter for an evening. So, <laughs> uh, for April 27th for me, so there was that math quiz in the morning, uh, right. which is another one of those moments where like. Somebody's like, man, there's a lot of terrible things happening with the incident with the volleyball team and all these awful, in- like, things. Boy, let's talk about shapes, though. Yep. It's, like, definitely another one of those. Um, I hung out with Ryuji again, and I leveled him up. So I think I got him at that point to three. Nice. Uh, and then I cleaned again because I was, like, I, I keep having those moments with Sojiro where he was, like, it was like, do you want to hang out with Sojiro? And it was like, well, you're not going to get a level up with him yet. And I was like, oh, maybe I don't want to then. Yeah. So I figured getting kindness and, and hanging out or getting a little bit of progress with him was not a bad way to do it. There's, I'm trying to remember, but I don't really know if there's a lot of uh, Hierophant if I'm, or Hierophant. I, I forget. Not I early on. Yeah. Hierophant's his confidant. Yeah, yeah. To level it up. And I, yeah, I didn't have that because... Early on. I did craft one for Ryuji, though. Nice, um, yeah. To make sure that I had a chariot on me. If you're not doing that, if you have the money to spare, it is almost always worth making sure you have... It is always worth making sure you have a confidant that matches... Or a persona that matches your confidant's style. Because you'll just get more... You'll just have to spend less time on them and they'll just like you more as a result. Because you have a creepy slime in your brain that they don't know about. Yep. It, that's the way it works <laughs> with real friends. friendship. Yep. Yeah. You know that's what, Tom? I befriended Jonathan. Yeah. I was going to do the same. Joke. Did I steal it? I stole it's, it from you. It's fine. That's how this works. Um, but ah. yeah, I, I, a shout out, of course, to uh, plug, 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 but the, the IGN guides team for their guide. Uh, and also a shout out to uh, Hardcore Gamer. I actually use their confidant guide uh, quite mm. often because it's, it's it's just very well organized and very simple to hatch onto. And they uh, have amazing SEO because it's always first in Google results. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, on the 27th, yeah, studied by accident. And then the next day is when I sent the calling card. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the the calling card then, because this is a quick one, so we can talk about it quick. Yeah. So you, you send the calling card, which is a funny thing because on the day you send it, you're basically just like, let's send it. And in this case, it was very funny because Ryuji was like, I'm going to do it. And everyone's like, really quickly, like, I don't know about that, man. Are you, are you <laughs> they sure? really don't have any faith in him. Yeah, it's it's like, we know you mean well, pal, but uh, yeah, why don't you let one of us handle that, buddy? But he's he's really, really excited to do it. And he does it, you know, you gotta, you gotta make everyone in the group feel like they matter. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's what I, I love about it. And I guess if, if you don't mind just going to the, the next, like when the calling card is revealed and we can, we can still talk about stuff before him, but it it feels like it goes hand in hand. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I didn't do basically anything else that day. I made coffee and I, I spent some time just hanging out with Ryuji, but didn't even level him. So I had like a very chill day that day. Cool. Um, yeah, because my, my favorite thing about um, this is, and, and obviously it's something that, without spoiling, I think like if you see Persona 5 iconography, there's a very specific Phantom Thieves logo that you know. Uh, but when Ryuji sends his calling card, it doesn't look like that. 
it it looks <laughs> like a, a high schooler who doesn't really have a lot of art skills drew that logo, uh, which I I adore. And it's it's the he sends the calling card. It appears all over the school, which like props to him for photocopying or hand doing that so quickly, uh, and apparently ha- not being found out. But he. He puts them all over the school. They're all up and ready to go. And it's just the like, oh, yeah, I looked at a lot of like reference material for this. And I think it turned out really well. And I think it's on who says it, who's just like it's or someone says it's like it sounds like a in a, a kid trying to copy an adult, basically. Yeah. Um, but it's just so he's like, I looked up a lot of stuff online and it's like, what what resources were you looking at? Like where what what did he decide to Google? to to be able to write this calling card is what i wish i could get an insight into but uh yeah it's a cute moment he he addresses it to sir suguru kamoshida the utter bastard of lust (laughs) like what an incredibly weird dumb thing to say just amazing and like it sounds like he just got out of poetry class and was like oh (laughs) now's the time to write this hold on yeah it's uh, he's a He's he's a very fun fun special kid. But they put up yeah, so they put up the calling cards. It actually if in Japanese characters, he puts calling cards on the corkboard to spell Kamoshida in in Japanese characters. Um and the whole school's talking about it. Kamoshida gets very mad. And you have one of my favorite moments when you send the calling card and it like flashes to the moment where you see the palace ruler instead of the person yeah. and they like yell at you and then the the security level goes all the way up to a hundred. And then before you know it, you're just in the palace ready to go. And the music is pumping and you're like going to steal a treasure. Or in my case, going to go back through parts of the palace to get the lockpick chests that I hadn't unlocked. Mm, okay. By the, by this so point, I did that first. That's smart. I, by this point, I think I had, since I hopped in and out, I had gotten all the lockpick stuff on my second visit. So I just uh, went straight, like fast traveled to the, the last save yeah. point and went in. But, um, the fun part about getting lockpick chests that you hadn't gotten during the pallet, like the treasure infiltration, is that the alarm is at a hundred percent, and so like anybody you fight, like I fought one guy where he literally appeared in front of me and just attacked me out of nowhere, and then it was a triple fight. Oh I killed a wave of dudes and they went away and then another one popped up and I killed another wave of dudes and then another one popped up and I was looking over and I was just like, this is my life now. Like yep. I'm just, I'm just trapped in this fight yep. forever. It's, hey, it's so, a good source of XP if you need it. It's so, not a bad one. Yeah. yeah. It's just very high risk, high reward doing that on the treasure day, but you can totally. do it. You can. Yeah. But I, uh, I chose to avoid all that. <laughs> yeah. And, and you went straight to the boss. I did. Uh, so yes. you, you get to the treasure room uh, and the kind of amorphous blob that was the treasure in this treasure room has now solidified because uh, I guess we didn't explain this part. They have to send the calling card to make the desires of the person manifest because when they know it's going to be stolen, then they become resolute. And the treasure now looks like a giant crown that they have to carry out, but not before Mercana freaks out and starts meowing really weirdly and hugging the treasure and then realizing that he did so and getting very embarrassed about it yeah that's the 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 most cat-like other than you know being a cat in the in the real world that morgana gets and uh yeah it it definitely is a moment that i think everyone in the party picks up on and that yeah the game certainly wants you to be aware of 
Uh, but yeah, it's, it is a very funny moment in the midst of this like high stakes situation. And then Morgana's just like, meow, the, the crown. And it's like, oh, <laughs> buddy, we gotta, we gotta get out of here. And, uh, yeah, but you, uh, manifest the treasure. And then I love that they're like all carrying this heavy giant crown and they're trying to sneak out. And then Kamoshida shows up and is like, hold on, that's mine. And like, takes it and just gets it into a normal size and it's like oh yeah. could we have done that because that would have helped that would have <laughs> uh-huh. really helped but uh yeah. yeah then you get to the boss and fight. so now we have our, our first boss fight kamashida obviously his shadow turns into this terrible awful sex monster just with a long tongue and like a glass that has like a wine glass with like a little stick figure on floating in it. There's, it's really funny because like obviously I understand based on the art style and everything, it's not like the most realistic glass uh, of liquid, but it's really funny occasionally to just look and then it's just like this on sort of like ping ponging around it. She <laughs> doesn't move and then at just, all. Like, yeah, going around. But then also it's like that. That's gross. And then he has like his goblet of I'm going to assume female students legs that he just will mm-hmm. pick out of and eat it's just the gr- his tongue is disgusting every every bit of him is just so gross and it is a really great sort of like uh you know the the leader of this palace was kind of keeping this identity that was more akin to the real world version but here is the real like unmasked just it or ego i forget which one it was i did not pay attention in psychology class uh and just like the real the here's who he is and here's the monstrosity that lies beneath that facade and it's a really great sort of like tying into what we've talked about in the past of like the masks of people wear versus who they really are and, and the expectations of what those are um yeah and yeah you just get this gross monster to fight and the the other thing about this fight, I totally agree with all that, and the other thing about this fight is that it shows kind of more what Persona's boss fights are. A, I think that the sending the calling card thing is brilliant, because what it lets them do is when you get to the boss, they can guarantee they make it as hard as they want to make it, because they know mostly for a fact that you will be at max SP and max HP when you get there, right? And you'll have time to buy items beforehand, so it let basically lets it not be like, okay, you've just fought your way through the palace and you're worn down and you're low on stuff and now you have to do a boss fight. It's like, no, they want this boss fight to be when you're fresh and ready to go. And it lets them do, oh, yeah. Un- unless you go through to get all the lockpick chests. Unless you're me. Yeah. But generally <laughs> fresh and ready to go. Um, and it lets them do things like do these huge hits that they will hurt real bad like that uh that you can then they can be more confident that you'll recover from it lets you do a lot of damage but also like the thing that this boss fight makes clear because this is kind of like tutorial ish is like that the boss fights are never just like straightforward hit the dude until he's dead right so this one you have to first attack this trophy that he's healing from um and then you have to in a very gross thing, they Royal Edition adds Shiho to the game in a bunny bikini, which is just like so unnecessary. Yeah. It's insane. It's, it like I I get that it is trying to hammer the point home of his grossness, but I I do not it, like it is in no way 
a necessary addition. It's like the the gross tentacle man uh, eating the lower halves of women while uh, dealing with like on as the, the the cognitive on as his pet gets it across. Like yeah, we already know. There, there's a point where it goes this, this too was far. A thing, this was a thing that they added for Royal, and yeah. they just didn't need to add it. Yeah. Because it's just weird. But you beat her up, which yep. is great. Yep. Like, and they're, geez, they're anyway. like, uh, sorry, sorry, Shiho. Uh, we gotta, we gotta yeah. do this. And it's like, oh, okay, okay. But that stops his big uh, volleyball spike attack, which is this very kind of like, although gross thematically cool mechanically, that this is this thing you have to stop for him. And then you have to send someone off to... Uh, do like an infiltration to try to get the crown off his head while he's not looking, yeah. which uh, I sent Morgana and I've always sent Morgana Same. and I feel like the game very clearly wants you to send Morgana. Yep. Also, um, Mor- so- Morgana's kind of one of the weaker party members at this point. So it sure it also for me was like, it's just I'd rather Ryuji take a hit than Morgana. Uh, yeah. And yeah. Yeah. As long as you have the heels exactly. without, without him, it's it's. Probably yes, the best choice. Fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's, it's an interesting boss fight because it's like, it's not the most complex thing in the world, but it's definitely, I appreciate that the boss and bosses and at least this boss in this game are not just always like, here's just a stronger enemy, right? Like there's a little bit of, there's dialogue during the boss fight. There's a little bit of complexity to it. I really appreciate that. And it makes them, you know, a little bit more, uh, linear maybe, I guess is the right way to put it. But also, it's still very fun for me. I, I like that structure. Yeah, totally. I was, was speaking back to what we said before, I think in the the same way the rest of the palace does it. It's definitely not the best boss fight of the game, but it is right. uh, It is a great introductory fight. It gets you the, an understanding of how boss fights will differ going forward. Even, even if each one will be a little different, you understand that it's not just a traditional find the weak point, all out attack, find the weak point, all out attack. It, there, there's right. more to it, which I appreciate for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is there anything you wanted to touch on in the boss fight, or, or can we get to his butt being kicked? I think that covers it, because, yeah, he's gross, and I'm glad we stop him. Uh, but is, are those those are the notes you had written down? Uh, what do I gross, have? Gross, no, glad I, we stopped him. I have, some, <laughs> I have literally written down his gross body uh, <laughs> written down. So, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. Pre- it's pretty close to the notes I have. But, yeah, it's you You do end up eventually, hopefully, defeating him. And then um, I really like the, the sequence here, uh, again, for, like, all the stuff like the the, the, the bad Shiho edition and things like that. I do think the this scene at the end plays to what the Phantom Thieves are doing in a really strong way in terms of... Yeah. Uh, because you, you could kill the cognition and essentially, you know, cause him to go into, I, I forget the exact terminology they use, but essentially mental shutdown. Thank you. Yeah. I could not find those words for some reason, but I, uh, you know, they could do that. But at the end of the day on takes the decision of like, I don't want to do that because then he doesn't live with what he's done. Like at the end of the day, there's the justice is so short lived there and it's, mm-hmm. it is a fleeting moment of victory because here at least they have the the real possibility. And again, this is all I'm like hoping Morgana is correct and hoping what they're doing ends up being true. But the hope is that by leaving the cognition to change the real person, they can force him to have that change of heart and have to live with those consequences. And at the end of the day, that is a, a justice that more fits the crime than 
a mental shutdown that could, that could end in his death. That because at the the end of the day, also you know they are killing a, a bunch of gross phallic monsters, but they're not murderers in real life. Right. Like they they aren't out to just murder people. Um, yeah, they do. I have think it's that Batman code. But, um, yeah, I I think it's very. I agree. I think it's a very important moment that on very clearly wants to kill him. Yep, and like doesn't very very like intentionally and so this groveling kamashita shadow says okay i'll repent and he leaves and goes back to his body whatever that means to uh to repent and atone and they take the treasure the palace starts collapsing they run out in a great cutscene where morgana turns back into a cat mid escape uh and ryuji has this very tough moment where he's running and his leg hurts and he falls down, but he gets up and they make it out. I, I like uh, that moment now more because I, in the, when I first played, I didn't really spend time with Ryuji, but having hung out with him once before. And I think once right after it, it does tie in to his story and, and everything with the yeah. track team. And it, it is a nice sort of like, Oh yeah, there, there's a thematic resonance there more than it just being the trope of someone running and tripping, which is, a, is definitely yeah. a trope in like, horror and other action set pieces, but here it matters to that character in a way that I appreciate. Yeah. It's yeah. very, it's very important to his character that yeah. moment. And, uh, it's good, right? Like it's, it's good to, that it's there and that I, I don't want to say anything else. Cause I don't want to get spoiled. For sure. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but that's basically the palace done at that point. Uh, while you were doing that, uh, <laughs> I was spending show a day eating ramen with Ryuji. Heyo! I did not. <laughs> so April 29th in the real world and in the game, it was show a day, which uh, was, it's essentially like the a Japanese version of like kind of President's Day. It's celebrating the birthday of Emperor Showa in Japan. Um, and it's a holiday. And during this holiday day, I got a call from, or a, yeah, a call from Yuji that was basically just like, hey man, you want to go get some ramen and hang out? And I was like, yeah, I want to go get some ramen and hang out. <laughs> so I actually unlocked my first alternate location on the map, which was the ramen place. Why? I should have waited a day. Why did I do that? Like, why? <laughs> uh, of course. But this was, this but was, no. I think, this was also a good, getting his confidant level to four. So I think it was yeah. more about that For than sure. it was specifically about show a day. Uh, also, this was, since it was a holiday and it was the first holiday I was hanging out with Ryuji, he was wearing his purple hoodie, which I'm wearing here if you're watching Hell the yeah. video. Got the 777 on the back. Yeah. I love it. So good. Um, I love that purple hoodie so much that I bought it in real life. Where'd you get it? Is it from Insert Coin? Or... Yes. Cool. Insert Coin is yeah. the people that make it. They make Very good stuff. quality hoodie. Yeah. This is not sponsored. No, yeah, I not would, a sponsor. I, I just... I'd highly recommend their... their video game hoodies because they are like this is like one of the comfiest hoodies i've ever had literally no affiliation whatsoever it's just like i love this hoodie but insert coin feel free to hook it no um but no (laughs) it's it's a great hoodie and i legitimately thought of buying it and then you came in one day and i was like well i don't want to show up in the same hoodie (laughs) but no they, they make a lot of cool stuff and it's it's an awesome hoodie so yeah, you were fighting a giant terrible sex monster. I was eating ramen with my boy Ryuji, and it was great. We all, you know, we all make our own decisions, and we gotta live with them, and yep, that's what I did. So, um, yeah. One thing I really like, just that I'll touch on really quick, that about Ryuji's story is a lot of it revolves around his kind of, like, confrontation with the track team, the old track team members. Um... I really appreciate that one of the correct things to say in all of that is he never likes it when you escalate. Mm. Like, he's a very hot-headed guy, but if you ever choose the, like, the thing when he's getting into an argument that's like, hey, you want to fucking go? Like, let's go right now! And, like, he'll, he'll always, like, 
he won't like that as much as if you're like just like be cool man be yep. cool like he'll yep. appreciate that which i really like me too because yeah. ryuji's the best boy i i hung out with him the next day and and had that experience and yeah it was it it, it shows you a good side of him that i think you might not get to see otherwise which is really great yeah yeah so and then that night after the ramen i brewed coffee again because again brewing coffee gets you not only sp items but it also gets you uh confidant points with sojiro and i want to get sojiro up yep i i essentially had that day the next day hung out with ryuji and hung out with sojiro Um, nice and yeah that was uh april 30th for me this was a busy day, too, April 30th, because on the train in the morning, you get to read. Yes. So I finished a book that got my kindness up, so now nice. I'm kindness level two. Uh, there was the English quiz, which was a very mm. funny moment, because you have this quiz in Engli- in your English class, I think it is, where uh, the teacher is like, pretend you're not Japanese for a moment. Pretend you're a foreigner. Let's go over this question. And it's like, well, this is going to be hard for me to pretend that I am <laughs> not a Japanese student right now. Yeah, it's a one definitely of those translation things. one of the easier questions for uh, the English language version, for sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's a, it's an extra point towards knowledge, so I'll take it. Um, I spent time with Takemi, not leveling cool. up, just spent a little time to get her to the level up point, And then I also leveled Sojiro. Nice. So I got another point in Sojiro. He taught me how to make more stuff. I think we just like worked in the shop. But cool. yeah. Is that uh, when he, he teaches you a certain type of coffee? Which I... Uh, or is that... Uh, no, so you, okay. you, point two is when you can get coffee, and then okay. I think the next thing you unlock with him is at level four. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then we're into May now. Yes. May 1st. Uh, so, shopping channel, which is, don't forget the shopping channel, people. Smoothie, which again... Don't forget. Proficiency this week. Yep. Good stuff. Uh, and then I went batting, actually. Ooh. How'd you I do? managed it. I managed to hit a home run. Nice. I did not. I did not get the slugger thing. Your advice about the bat halfway down the ball was very helpful to me. So thank Good. you. Happy, happy to help. <laughs> it is. It is the right place to do it. But then it is a pure matter of timing, and I somehow always psych myself out. Um, <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. And then what'd you do in the evening? Uh, in the evening, I made lock picks, and cool. then that also leveled up my proficiency. Nice. So I now have level two everything except knowledge. Okay. Yeah. I think I'm. Uh, level two and everything but knowledge and guts just because I haven't done the the stuff that you did right. for guts. But yeah, that day I, I did the protein kit I bought on uh, the TV. Uh, same here, same here. Sound- protein is like, for, for those who don't know, protein's really useful for when you eventually start going to the gym because it will increase the gains that you get literally from going to the gym later a lot. Yep. Uh, and it can even help if you decide to work out in your room currently. Right, yeah. right. Uh, I did that, did the drink, uh, worked at the flower shop, uh, okay. and then brewed coffee in the, the evening. Pretty, pretty see, see, quiet day. Sex monsters and real chill stuff is this week. It's yep. great. Oh God, that's, if, if I was doing weird titles for this show, it'd be <laughs> sex monsters and chill stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that defines the beginning of this game, yep. I think. Oh, uh, and finally, we have May 2nd, which is the deadline day. Uh, this is, or I guess... Technically, yeah, May 2nd was the actual day because it's the day of the board meeting. I have to sneeze real quick, so you you keep explaining. I'm just going to sneeze off camera. Okay, sounds great. Uh, So this is the day that you actually go, uh, or that you're supposed to get expelled, but instead you go into school. I believe this is a Monday morning, and there's an impromptu assembly. All the students are assembled in the gym, and the principal is just kind of talking about 
how sad it is about all the incidents, but please everyone be good students or something like that. And then Kamashita busts in and atones for all his crimes and confesses that he sexually harassed students and beat students. And uh, this is also one of those moments where, like, one of the funny things about doing the palace early is that then you have until the deadline where all the people in your party are just like, it didn't work. Oh my God, what's happening? Like maybe it didn't work. And they're just like freaking out. So this is the moment where you're like, oh, it worked. Great. Good. Everything is great. And Kamashita uh, kind of very darkly admits or says he's going to on stage is like, I'm going to kill myself to take like to atone for my sins. And on yells at him and is like, don't run away. Like, you don't deserve that, basically. Yeah. You have to actually face justice for your crimes. That, that it very much ties into the, the choices that she makes uh, at the end of the palace. And it was funny because I I had forgotten about, like, the exact dialogue for how, how things would go during all this. So I, like, I wrote in my notes after you fight him in the palace and during that scene where I was like, Anne chooses not to kill his cognition. It's a fate worse than death living with his crimes and she essentially says all that stuff and i was like yeah themes it were like it, it, it's just nice yeah. to have that really pay off in the real world too and it's not just something that they like told the cognition version and then it's just like a everything worked out it's totally fine it's like no that there's still real work that needs to be done in the real world it, it isn't just a simple yeah. like switch that gets flipped um and yeah it's uh yeah because kamashita after you beat the palace is like like, he, like, is puts himself on suspension, right? Kawakami says that he's put himself on suspension and no one has seen him. Yeah. And he's, like, apparently freaking out. And uh, this is the culmination of that. Yeah. And it's, it, as you said, it's a super dark sequence for a, uh, a high school that has already been through a lot of stuff in the last week. Um, and yeah. it's, uh, again, there, there are certainly, occasionally it's, it's a bit of a, a disconnect for me sometimes where it's like this really heavy moment and then just like a very loud VO in the background of a kid being like, did he say that for real? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I needed that to sell the point, but um, yeah, it's a, uh, I, I, again, I think on's role in all of this is, is really well done in terms of her, mm -hmm. like not letting him get away with um, just kind of trying to escape from the, the punishment to what he's done. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, and then you have other people like Mishima coming up to on and other, and you guys and apologizing. Right. Yeah. And there's sort of this like moment of healing for everyone in the school, uh, because it did break and the change of heart worked and you didn't cause him a mental shutdown. And he even comes in when he first comes into the assembly room. He's like, I have been reborn yeah. in this very like weird way. Um, and it's like a really cool, powerful moment to be like, Oh, it worked. And, it's also a great fantasy moment of like, oh, someone in power holding themselves accountable, right? Yeah. Is like, you never see that. So it's like, it's it's very powerful in this game to be like, oh, they have the ability to do that, right? Yeah. They, they can actually make that happen now. Yeah. And it's um and it's funny because it is, at the end of the day, it's it's a bunch of high schoolers who are kind of, you know, figuring this out as they go along. Like I said, and, and like you pointed out, there is a moment in the palace when Anna's like, no, I'm going to, like, wants to kill him and, and very yeah. much wants that to be the, the culmination, but has the very mature thought process to not do that and and to then have a what would in real life be an extremely difficult thing to do to say what she says to Kamashita in the in the gym when this is all happening like that takes a lot of a lot of guts perhaps uh and, and just a lot of um maturity to be able to stand up to someone like that especially after he is so 
been so abusive and not just to her but to all of them and to to know the impact that he's had to to let them have this moment uh i think works really well and as you said to see some of the kids atoning to them is really great and then afterwards when they when they're all trying to figure out what to do it's just this wonderful silly thing of like yeah now what do we do we should celebrate it's like we did let's go spend money yeah wrapping up you guys meet on the uh on the roof at your hideout quote unquote about as secret as Ryuji's training spot. <laughs> um and Morgana says, Yeah, it seems like as long as we just send the shadow back and don't kill it, they won't have a mental shutdown. Uh and we can sell this gold medal for I think they said it with thirty thousand yen, which is about three hundred bucks US ish. Um and they're gonna have some sort of celebration. And Shiho is woken up. Shiho has regained consciousness for a moment, so she's alive, which is great. Um, and it's this very sort of celebratory moment. And Jonathan, uh, I went home and celebrated by doing a crossword puzzle and watching a movie called Wraith, which <laughs> that's the way to, to celebrate, it. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I, uh, what did I do? What? A, oh, okay. No, sorry. The, my last note here, uh, I forgot to write it down, but I think I did just go home and like do some lock picks. Um, yeah, but yeah, I th- like you do. Yeah, the, you're taking down a terrible hu- abuser. The, yeah. the only thing I had written down was just because it, it's been a little bit of a disconnect. Sometimes was that uh, An's last name is said two different ways uh, during the scene yeah. With the kids. <laughs> that that sort of like side character says Takamaki San, which I think is just incorrect because Takamaki everyone else is Takamaki. So like yeah. anyway. That's a, one of those pronunciations. Yeah, it, it just happens at times. But yeah, the, I, I think I just went home and, and did some lockpicks and, you know, called it a night after quite a busy, busy week for, for the kids. And speaking of, we're officially done with our first free time and we're officially done with our first palace. We've still got some celebrating to of do. Of 72. But... Huh? Of 72 uh, One palaces. of 72. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, next week is, and this was a moment that I had where I was like, this is actually really exciting to play it in person. Like, or in real time. Yeah. Because it was like, Golden Week is this week. And I was like, wait, Golden Week is right now. It's like, happening. that's a real thing that's happening. Yeah. So that was like kind of cute and exciting to be like, oh yeah, playing this in real time, like these actual holidays, Showa Day was actually on the 29th, right? Like it's, it's just kind of cool. Yeah. It's, it's going to be fun to like line up with both holidays that are obviously celebrated in Japan, but also just more worldwide international holidays as well. And just seeing... Having that be part of the discussion as we're we're playing it is a nice little added layer to this that I didn't really think about going into it. So next week we uh, will have the kind of denouement of the Kamashita story now that he is defeated and that palace is done. Uh, We have three days of like vacation time. I think those are pretty story filled. And then we will continue along uh, with wherever Persona 5 Royal leads us. Uh, But let's wrap up with some, some quizzy questions. Jonathan, do you have yours uh, of course, ready indeed. for me? I do. My Persona pseudonym where I try to test Tom on, uh, before you capture a Persona, they often have uh, wordier names, I would say. Uh, and so this week, I, I try to stick to ones that we would have potentially seen already. Uh, and so this one is called, I just, I had to pick it because it's such a fun name and I didn't notice it in the game. Uh, the Mad Marsh Horse. Oh, uh, Kelpie. Yes, yeah. Yeah, that's the yeah. ghost horse. Yep. I, I actually, I really like that persona, just like the design-wise of it, because it's like the, the entrails that uh, trail off at the, the back yeah. half of it. Yeah, it's, it's a cool persona. Yay! Um, you did it. Congrats. And uh, my, my pop quiz for everyone listening, which you can send me your answers wherever. Uh, during this um, 
ending sequence when they're talking about the value of the metal and going on things, On calls in a debt with Ryuji, uh, saying that On in middle school lent Ryuji 500 yen uh, while on a field trip to a school field trip to the aquarium. So the quiz for you all: What did Ryuji spend the 500 yen on? I know That's I just pop quiz question. I know I just played this last yesterday and I I can't remember the answer. I would assume based on Ryuji's past work, a fake weapon of some kind. But uh, <laughs> why an aquarium would sell that, I don't know, but that's where my head's at. So <laughs> Yeah. Uh you can let us know your responses uh at I'm at Tom R. Marks on Twitter. Jonathan is at JM Dornbush. You can also email us at Dornology at gmail.com. You can also leave a comment on the YouTube channel. Uh, with uh, which is the Dornology YouTube channel where we post these episodes as videos, or you can, like I said last week, leave a review with your answer because it's weird. I don't know. Don't do that. But do give us reviews if you like the show. I we do really think appreciate it. That would be really great. Like six months from now to see a review that's like, oh, and by the way, Ryuji bought this. <laughs> Show's great. Yeah. Anyway, see you later. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's, uh, Jonathan, do you have anything else you want to tell the people? Uh, no, I think that all sums it up. Uh, thank you. We're, we're running a little short on time, so I will grab some of these, uh, comments for next time, but thank you to everyone who left comments on, uh, last week's YouTube version, sort of about how you spend your, uh, palace verse, uh, free time when those come up. Uh, well, we'll have time to talk about those a lot in the future, but since this was our first palace, wanted to dive deep on that, but yeah, we'll, we'll jump on those. It was a big future. week. Yes, it was. Uh, but yeah, no, <laughs> thank you again to everyone who's supporting the show. Uh, it's been so much fun to be doing this so far only a month in but you know we're we're a month in which is pretty awesome yeah it's it's pretty wild to think we only got 11 more to go or whatever it is um but until then as morgana would say it's time to go to sleep so let's do that and uh thanks very much for watching see you next week see you all later